Awesome. Should we just open up in prayer? Uh, I know Tim's already prayed, but there's, the more prayer, the better for this morning. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. And, Lord, I pray that you'd speak to all of our hearts. I pray that you'd change lives. You'd touch all of our lives and hearts. And that we'd see your gospel and uh, hear your gospel clearly. I pray against every distraction. I pray, Lord Jesus, for people's hearts to be softened today. That you give us a heart of flesh to know you. In Jesus' mighty name, also, we pray for the Springboks as they play later to win. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Guys, where are the South Africans? I need you guys right now. Hey, come on. <laughs> there we go. Are we bringing it? Is it coming home to South Africa? Yes, it's coming home. Sorry. When England and South Africa play, we'll have to see what happens there. But, um, but God is good and He's with South Africans. I don't know. You know, you guys, just, uh, we know that we're His favorites. It's okay. But anyway, now I've offended uh, three quarters of the church. So that's all good. Yeah. It's so good to see so many faces, people that if it's your first time here, a big, big welcome to you. Uh, you know, God is just amazing. He is awesome. And I pray that you touch you, your heart today. And you might be sitting there saying, Dylan, I don't even believe in this God. I've just been dragged here by my friend and, and I'm here and that's cool. You know, a lot of people that have uh, come to true life, it's a, I, I don't believe in God, but the purpose of this church was to be a safe place where you could explore and journey what the Christian faith is about and know what a relationship with God actually means and what it looks like. And in a safe place where you can ask the questions that sometimes you might feel, I can't ask that, surely I will offend them because in our generation, if we disagree, it's seen as hating. Isn't that true? Like what happened to being able to just disagree about something and still love each other? You know, the world's gone crazy. It's like, if you believe something different to me, therefore you hate me and you're on the opposite team. Rather than actually, hey, we're all on this journey of discovering and trying to understand what does life mean? What is life all about? Is there any greater purpose to life than just an existence on this earth? And that's the question that I wrestled with. I didn't come from a Christian home, as you'll hear. Um, there, there's a, a, a story in my life of coming to know Christ, as Tim said so wonderfully, is that the door needs to be opened from the inside. You got But only you can open that door. God's not coming and forcing His way on you. That's not belief. That's not faith. That's forced. That's not relationship. It's kind of like someone wanting to date you and saying, you must date me. Run away psychopath you know don't, don't do that and um, any of you have tried the one God told me you're going to be my wife run away <laughs> you know don't stay around for that crazy person so um but my start here is in Colossians 2 we're going to jump in there but have any of you ever believed something so strongly and then found out that it's not true Anyone had that moment? What happens when you've been so convinced that something is real can you say real and then you found out it's not. What happened? No. <laughs> you guys are so good. You guys are amazing. Is if you've ever found the Bible says in Colossians two seventeen that Christ, these things were a shadow of what was to come, but the reality is found in Christ. I don't know about you, but I look at the world today and I ask the question: What is real? What is real anymore? Have any of you seen some of the AI stuff coming out? And you kind of, you watch it and then you think, have you seen that football one with the, the footballers going and then it like reverses it and it's female football. And it's incredible. And you watch it and you think, I was just lied to. 
that looked so real, but they, the marketing was so clever because they used AI to generate the faces of men, which people judge football and say, oh, women can't play as good, but it was amazing if you see the actual footage. And then what it does, it reverses it, and you see it's actually the Ladies' World Cup. Incredible. But how do you know what's real anymore? Anyone watched the news recently? <laughs> okay, yeah, one or two people are like, I did you know, is you watch the news, what's true? You know, everyone shouts fake news, but to know the fake, you've got to know the real. So how do you know what's true anymore? And Pilate, Jesus appeared before Pilate and he said, what is truth? I remember when we were younger, and I have given you a chance to send your kids to mini zones and all of that, so I'm not going to destroy anything. But I remember going hunting for the Easter bunny. Come on. <laughs> Who's been there? Now, I, I was privileged in that I grew up, and I got my godfather, his name's Roddy, right? Rod, we call him. And uh, his surname is Stuart. <laughs> so, my godfather is Rod Stewart. And he has lots of guns, because he's a farmer in South Africa. And he has about 30... 35 guns. Brad's been shooting with me there before. And, and we, in South Africa, that's quite a common thing, especially on farms. And we went out, and every year we'd go out as kids hunting for the Easter bunny with Rod Stewart <laughs> with a shotgun and a 45 special. That's how we rolled in South Africa hunting for the Easter bunny. Not to shoot the Easter bunny, just in case any kids are wondering. Um, but when we'd go hunting for the Easter bunny, You'd be driving there slowly, and I mean, we as kids were so excited to find the Easter bunny. It was, an, it was the most exciting time. And then, if, if we couldn't find the Easter bunny, what the, the parents would do, and if they were tired, they'd hide in the bush, and they'd pull a rope with a bunny tied to it across the road. You know what? I believed it was the Easter bunny. But they put a fake Easter bunny there because they were tired and deceiving us. That's what happened. But then the one time, thank you, thank you, thank you, is the one time the police pulled us over, and it was quite misty enough, and they pulled us over because we looked a bit dodgy with a torch driving along in a South African farm, and we weren't meant to be on that farm, hunting for the Easter bunny. And the policeman pulled us over and said, what are you doing? And my poor godfather, obviously he's got all the kids in the back, he has to say, I'm hunting and looking for the Easter bunny. And the police officer looks at him like, what are you talking about? He said, what is your name, sir? And, and of course, Rod goes, uh, Rod Stewart. And so the police officer replies, well, I'm Elvis Presley. What's your real name? And he had to make up a random name just to get out of the situation. Because that police officer could not believe there was a guy that looked like Rod Stewart, called Rod Stewart, in New Hanover, South Africa, looking for the Easter Bunny. But it was a reality in that time that just didn't seem real to that police officer. And so often in our lives, we have this, anyone watched Inception? One of my favorite films, who knows that one of the greatest philosophical things you would have to, uh, philosophers have dealt with is how do we know we actually exist? You know, Inception plays on that thing. How do we know that this is reality or that we're in a dream? 
You spin the, you know, when he spins the thing. How do you know this is real or you just have slept and everyone here has made up? And one of the great philosophers, um, he wrestled with this and he said, I think therefore I am. And they wrestle with this question of what is real. Now, I want to tell you, you are real. If, if you're doubting whether you, this is real right now, turn to the person next to you and say, please slap me. Can you do that quickly? Okay, great. It, it is real. It is real. So, in Colossians 2, Christ comes in and he wants to speak, Paul's speaking to us. He says, he, he talks about receiving, being raised, and then being in the reality of Christ. Receiving, raised, reality. And you see this thing in Colossians 2 verse 6. It says, so then just as you received, can you say receive please? You receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. So how do you receive Christ? Some of you are asking the question, well, Dylan, what does it mean to be a Christian? Doesn't it mean that you need to behave well in order to please a holy God? Some of you have grown up with a religious mindset of that. In order to know God, I need to achieve a relationship with Him, not receive His grace from Him. You see, receiving is something we struggle with in our culture. If you've ever received a gift, suddenly you feel you're under an obligation to give a gift back. Anyone had a birthday present from someone you forgot to give them a birthday present to? And then you just feel guilty. <laughs> like, why did you buy me something? Take it back. No, that Jesus comes and he says, I'll offer my life for you as a free gift. But the only thing you need to do to take it is receive it. You cannot achieve it. By trying to achieve it, you actually lose it. Amazing. And he says, as you receive Christ as well, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him. Can you say rooted? And built up, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. It says, see to it that no one takes you captive. Can you say captive? Through hollow, can you say hollow? And deceptive, thank you, someone's getting it, philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than on Christ. So what he says is, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Now, you might be sitting here saying, Dylan, I'm not captive to anyone. I'm not, uh, who are you to say I'm captive? Well, I'm, my question to you is, could it be that deceived people don't know they're deceived? Let me ask a question. How do you know you've been asleep? <laughs> when you wake up. How do you know you've been deceived? When you wake up, guys, you, you guys are sharp, you know, <laughs> this is it. <laughs> but but you, know, you know the crazy part is I, I remember thinking, oh, I had life together. I knew everything about life. But actually, when you sit down and you start questioning your belief system, questioning what is real, what is reality, you've got to ask yourself the question, could I be deceived? Could I, in, in the culture we live in, let me ask you a question, in the culture that we live in, could it be that the culture we've grown up in, it's kind of like, you know they say to boil a frog, you don't just put it in boiling water, you just raise the temperature of the water, it won't jump out because it doesn't notice that the water is starting to boil. 
Could it be that our culture has gone so crazy and gone so mad that we haven't even realized that we've been taken captive to a philosophy that does not depend on Christ and freedom and Christ, but it actually depends on human tradition that's been passed on to us. And what has it resulted in? The greatest mental health crisis the world has ever seen, yet we have the greatest prosperity and wealth the world has ever seen, and yet we have the greatest anxiety and uncertainty the world has ever seen. How is that possible that in a time when we should be the happiest, most relaxed, peaceful people in the world. We are the most depressed, anxious, and nervous people in the world. Come on. This isn't normal. I grew up in a third world country or developing country, whatever you call it today. And I grew up in a country, I saw people happy with nothing. But they had a faith rooted in Christ. You go to the townships and you see the poorest of the poor joyful and happy with nothing, giving you their last meal, and yet you come to Britain where you have everything you could ever want, and yet we're still unhappy. How is that possible? Could it be that we've been taken captive through a hollow and deceptive philosophy called liberalism and the Western ideology of freedom? Come on, could, 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 could it, all the guys from South Africa and that are saying, amen, come on. A, <laughs> no, but it's, it's true. It's true. It's hollow. Just knock on your head quickly. <laughs> Just check there's something in there. <laughs> it's hollow and it is deceptive. You know why it's deceptive? Because it promises you freedom without having to do anything for that freedom. Come on. It's like, well, we... <laughs> How, how is it in the West, we're the most tolerant generation, aren't we? It's all about tolerance, only if you agree with me. You disagree with someone shouting it's all about tolerance, you know what you are? A bigot. Telling you, we've lost it because it's a hollow and deceptive philosophy. You know, we were removing roots out of our working property, and we had this a big root at this property that was overgrown, and I looked at this thing, I thought, this is going to take ages to get out of the ground. If you've ever tried to remove a tree stump or a root, it is a mission because you don't know how far those roots go down. And I remember thinking, oh man, this is going to be like a day's work. Uh, I got one of the guys and we got a big pick and we, start, we thought, okay, but before the guy arrived there, I thought, let me just pull on this and just see, you know, if there's any room in this. And as I started pay, I realized wait, there's nothing in here. It was hollow. It looked really strong, yet it was completely hollow inside. I wonder, maybe in your life, you might be like that. You might be sitting there saying, I look really strong on the outside, like everything's okay, but deeply on the inside, there's a hollowness in your heart. And it's, you, you're dying inside and it's like, all you need someone to do is push on you and you're just going to collapse mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Why? Because there's a brokenness inside because you've been holding to a human tradition of this is how my family did things. Therefore, that's how I'm going to live my life. This is how my father lived and treated his wife. Therefore, that's how I'm going to treat my wife. This is how my absent mother or father in the house treated me. Therefore, that's what I'm going to be. I want to tell you that in Jesus, there's a new hope that when you receive him, you receive a new life. 
that you can break out of that hollow and deceptive philosophy by knowing the truth. How do you break deception? You learn the truth. Come on. Am I preaching, people? Come on. It's, it's true. It's true. You, anyone don't think, you think I'm not captive to anything? Yeah. Just remember, sometimes the most free people are in prison right now in the underground church. Yeah. Anyway, that went down well. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't know where I was going to go from there. <laughs> so I didn't think that one through, people. Yeah. Mm. And then it says this in verse 9, one of my favorite, favorite verses. It says, for in Christ. Can you say in Christ? All the fullness. Can you say fullness? of the deity lives in bodily form. And then it says, and you have been given fullness. Please tell me it's the right translation. You've been brought to fullness. Can you say fullness? fullness. Because he is the head of the, every power and authority. How amazing is this that you were bought in Christ when you give your life to Christ, when you receive Christ, you are brought to fullness, not emptiness. You are brought to the fullness of peace, not the emptiness of greed. You brought to the fullness of hope, not the emptiness of hopelessness. You are brought to the fullness of joy, not the emptiness of depression. You are brought to the fullness of Christ, not the emptiness of culture. Come on, people. He has brought you to fullness of life because when Jesus came, the Bible says that I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. Some of you have grown up thinking Christianity is about what I don't get to do rather than what you do get to do, which is have a relationship with the king of the universe. That if you change your perception, like think about this, think about this. Imagine you get married and the thing you think about on your wedding day is what you don't get to do. Imagine you get married, you're like, oh man, now I can't go on dates with those girls or guys. Now I have to be home to be with the wife. And now I have to, you know, change nappies for the babies. And yet now I don't have to. Let me ask you something. Would your wife still be there? <laughs> Do you imagine you said that to your wife on your wedding day or your husband? Hey, uh, yo, this is a great day, but <laughs> all the single men in the room, take note. <laughs> That's why you're single. Anyway, <laughs> but when you get married, normally you loved up and you're a bit stupid. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Because all you can think about is being with that person. I remember my wedding day being so excited to be with Anna for the rest of our lives. But were you sitting there? I'm not sitting at, I wasn't standing there. Oh my goodness. Now I can't do da, 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 da. I was like, I get to marry the woman of my dreams. <laughs> Guys, let's do that one more time for the recording so Anna can hear it and play it on repeat. And uh, <laughs> I'll win some brownie points. Come on, that's good. <laughs> but I, I got to be with the woman of my dreams because of grace and the gift of God's grace bringing us together. Now, with Jesus, the same thing is he brings you to fullness, not just emptiness, because what he's asking you to give up is not a lot. 
He's asking you to give up the emptiness of your old life so that you can take hold of the new life that he offers to you. Oh man, it's, it's just so good. It's so good. It's a free gift. I remember at school they'd give away free things and you, you know they'd have random pens or cards or whatever it was. What did you do? You took them. Why? Because it's free. <laughs> did you need them? No. I, if I, I, I'm from Africa. If anything's free, I'm taking it. It's true. <laughs> I remember taking random stuff. I'm like, oh, it's a rose. Why am I taking this rose? You know, it's, it's free. Why wouldn't you? So when something's free, you've got to ask yourself, remember, it's free, but it's not cheap. Someone paid for that. And what, what, what we see here is Jesus paid a price so that he could give you a new life. I've come that you might have life and have it to the fill. You know, um, James, the writer, he said this, what is your life? What is your life? And uh, he says, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then it vanishes. And he says, you, listen, listen, this is what he says in the scriptures. Now listen, <laughs> listen. When someone's writing in the Bible and they say, listen, you know what it means? Listen. He says, listen, you who say today or tomorrow, we will live and go to this or that city. We'll go to Thailand for three months. We'll go traveling. We'll go do all this stuff. You, 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 you people, you all millennials. Come on, let's listen. He says, why wow, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. Instead, you are to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live. Think about that. If it's the Lord's will, we will live and go to this or that city. That's crazy. Have you ever thought the breath in your lungs is a gift from God? This is the very fact that you're breathing. If you, if you are someone who does not believe in God, I'll just ask you a question. You might be sitting there saying, Dylan, I don't have faith. Well, my question is, I think you have more faith than me. To not believe in God. To believe, just think about this, to believe that, to, you know, the way you were conceived and the way your body is formed and all the complexities, anyone in a medical profession here knows this. We have doctors, we have people in this church that can testify to this. The complexity of just taking a breath is a gift from God. To believe that was all by chance, because it is a theory of evolution, it is a theory of life. You've got to have faith in that. My question is, are you certain about that theory enough to stake your life on it? What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while, then vanishes. I had the, I don't want to say privilege, but it did give me perspective as a young man where we lost a friend, I think in every year from year eight to year 12, someone died in my year. South Africa. One person got hit by a car first year, motorbike accident, just crazy stuff. And then I remember one young guy, Bruce, he had just finished his degree. I was in a band with him. And he, he had just finished his degree. He was going from Johannesburg to Cape Town to start his new job. He was a film director and he, he was looking forward to this journey. And he, he gets in his car at four o'clock in the morning. If you don't know how long that journey is, it's a long journey. He gets in the car all excited for his new life, takes off. And I think about four hours into his journey, he gets hit by a truck and is instantly killed. That's the guy who's just finished his degree. And you ask the question, Bruce knew the Lord, and he knew, I know where he is, but I can tell you something, is that when you look at that, you think, what is my life? I'm a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. 
We have no certainty of tomorrow, but we do have a certainty of a hope in Christ. And you've got to ask yourself the question, what is your life? Because we live under an illusion in the West that we can control our lives. Who likes control here? Who likes when you play a game, you want to be the person dictating the rules? <laughs> yeah? <laughs> You've been there. Who here likes to break the rules? You guys all need to repent. All of you? Yeah. We'll be having prayers for you. I would never cheat, would I? Um, <laughs> oh, conviction setting into people, eh? But I, I can tell you something. The illusion of control is one of the greatest deceptions that we have in life. It will never happen to me until it does. My question is, where can we find hope? Where can we find certainty in a world that is in constant chaos, constant change? There's one person, his name is Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says that he, Jesus, is before all things and in Jesus, all things hold together. It says he is before things and it says he is the head of the church. He is the head of all creation. For by him, by who? Jesus, all things were created. Things in heaven, things on earth. Things that are visible, things that are invisible. Whether thrones, rulers, powers, or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. How do you find purpose in life? For ask the creator of life. You want to find purpose. You know, I've tried Ikea. I hate that place. It's demonic. I will never go there again. I Honestly, whoever created Ikea, the Lord, we need to pray for them. Because you can't just go in quickly to get some, yeah, you guys, yeah, we need prayer for you. But Ikea is one of those demonic places where the place is rough. But then you get home and you have to assemble the whole thing. And what do you do? I don't look at the instructions. <laughs> no, 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 no. One time I looked at the instructions. <laughs> you know, like the wardrobes that you put together. I put the whole thing together. You know, the little nails in the back, so the boards on the back. Put it together, and then I realized the holes for like, you know, the bar inside were on the outside. As I... It didn't tell me on the instructions to put the holes on the inside. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but me and Anna, in our marriage, we will not do self-assembling stuff together. It's not good for our relationship. It's genuinely, you'll see some ungodly behavior there. Um, and we've just decided, one of us takes a hit for the team, but I just won't do it anymore. I'm just like, nah, it's gone, it's gone. But... You know what's so funny? Some of you are like, Dylan, why would you read the instructions? That's like the obvious thing to do. Yet you live your lives without reading the instructions of life in the Bible. Could it be that maybe there's a, a, a life manual that you've been neglecting and that's maybe why life isn't working how it should be? Because you were created for a different purpose than the purpose you're living for right now. I think one of the greatest dangers in our society is hopelessness and purposelessness because you see it in all kinds of places in society where people have lost a reason to live anymore. And I want to give you hope today in Christ. Amen. It says this, and I'm going to be quick now. Who's up for that? Come on, because we've got some good testimonies. Who wants to hear Melissa's testimony? Eh? Who wants to listen to Caleb's testimony? Who wants to listen to other Caleb's testimony? Yeah, come on. And anyone else who wants to get baptized, you can also, because it's still time, people. 
The water's cold and it's waiting for you. It says this, in him you also, it's going to sound a little weird if you've not been to church before. Even if you've been to church, it says, in him you also circumcised with a circumcision not done by human hands. For your old self, which was ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried. Can you say buried? With him in baptism. Can you say baptism? In which you were also raised. Can you say raised? with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And he says, when you were, can you say were? Dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you. Take a moment to listen to that. God made you. Dylan, what's the next word? Alive. God made you alive. Dylan, I'm not dead. Yeah, this is good news, but I'm alive. Are you really? Are you really? You'll listen to some of the stories, and I remember when I got born again, it was like I could suddenly see for the first time. I, I, it was crazy, but God made you. Who's tired of making yourself? Yeah. Who's tired of putting those filters on Instagram to try and make people like you more? <laughs> Come on. The Facebook generation, who's tired of trying to, you know, Put your food on Instagram so people like you and know what you're eating. That's so strange. Why put a picture of your steak? Why? Exactly, you sinners. Caleb, how old are you? 13-year-olds are getting this already. Trying to stir up jealousy. Anyone been on holiday and suddenly someone puts up their holiday? You're like, oh, my holiday is not that great. Oh, my view is not that great. Why is that? Because you're trying to make you. But here's the good news of the gospel. God made you alive in Christ. And it says this, he forgave us all our sins. Can you say all? All. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he took it away. Can you say took it away? Nailing it to the cross and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Look at this, that Jesus made you alive and he forgave you all your sins. Anyone got some sins in their lives? We don't like this as millennials and Gen Zs. Why? Because we want to be the final authority in our lives. You know what the removal of God out of society does? It doesn't get, bring in atheism. It just brings in a form of spirituality with our Christ at the center. Because what you want to do is you want to be the final authority in your life. How many of you like authority here? How many of you like to be told what to do? Not many of us. If you like me, I, I don't like being told what to do. It's that, it's that thing inside of us. As a millennial, you, you know why millennials will do what the previous generation didn't? They'll ask why. Yeah? And yet we don't ask why is life not working? It's amazing. We live our lives on autopilot, just looking at the culture around us, thinking it's normal, rather than stopping and questioning, could it be where I I, I have a big passion for this, as some of you will know, but the fatherlessness in this generation is something that we're reaping from seeds that were sown in previous generations. 
Could it be that the sexual revolution that we've seen that promised all this freedom and joy, suddenly when children arrive, where are the dads? Come on. Because we want all the freedom, but suddenly children arrive and there's a thing called responsibility. And what do men do? Run. I, I grew up in a single parent home. You know, you know, what, you know what changed the, the trajectory of the generations to come after me? Jesus Christ. Because suddenly I got to know a father that was there for me that I'm not going to project myself into a father that was absent, but rather a father who has always been present in Christ. And I know I can be there for my daughters. And I'll spend more time with my daughters, one's two and a half and one's seven months old, than my dad spent with me my entire life. Why is that the gospel of Jesus Christ? Do you know what this gospel does? It changes families for eternity. That's what we're building, friends. We're not just building a nice gathering on a Sunday. We're building something that will change the statistics of children for generations to come. And that's what I'm passionate about. Amen? Come on. So Jesus forgave us all our sins. And you're like, Dylan, I'm not a sinner, but you are. (laughs) Dylan, I haven't done anything wrong. (laughs) Really? You know, the problem is we've got a conscience that's been seared. So we, we, you remember that little voice when you were younger, like, this isn't right. What happened to that little voice? You watched enough Netflix and thought, oh, everything goes and everything's okay. Why? Because you've made your authority Hollywood rather than the Holy Word, which is the Bible. <laughs> Come on. It's true. It's true. That, uh, guys, it's, it's flowing. It's flowing. The, the thing is... <laughs> This is, this is fun. I'm, I'm having fun. You guys are doing great. Is, who's still with me? Are you guys with me? It is. We, we have literally allowed Hollywood to become the authority in our lives to determine what is true and what isn't. Let's be honest. When you watch a, a film today, what does it celebrate? Does it celebrate family? Or does it celebrate an affair with someone that they, they met 20 years ago at university? Oh, no, but they loved each other. Oh, you know, it's all wonderful. Really? What happened to love being sacrificial? What happened to love being present for your children? What happened to that? But we don't even question it. One of the things a pastor, um, who uh, I read a book, and I'm going to do this with my girls as they grow up, is I'm going to give them a whatever P coin we have with inflation at that time, maybe a 10 pence coin. I'll say, every time you spot the sin, tell me what it is. So that they are discerning what is true and what isn't. Because we just watch these things and we think that's normal and we've got normalized like a toad or a frog in, a hot, in water. It's just boiling, 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 boiling. And one day you wake up when you're 40, 50, 60 and you realize you've wasted your life and what just happened with my life. You see, the problem is if you climb the wrong ladder, you only know you climb the wrong ladder when you get to the top, which could be too late. Hey. But the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That includes me. I'm one of the biggest sinners I know. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All the guys are shouting out and all this stuff. eh? Can you believe he's a pastor, this guy? eh? (laughs) Brad knows I'm a good sinner. We've grown up together. Somebody like, how, how can this, I'm sure there are moments, they're like, how? Why still in the pulpit preaching? <laughs> you know what it is? I receive Christ. You know what it is? I'm not perfect, but because you know this church, you know one of our phrases we have? No perfect people allowed. If you think you're perfect, please move on and go to another church. 
we love you, but leave. <laughs> Genuinely, I'd rather be surrounded by some sinners. Because you know what? We want to... <laughs> well, that came out wrong. That came out right. <laughs> That's not a bit weird. I'd rather be surrounded by sinners on a journey to hear about Jesus. You know, <laughs> come on. Luke 15, it said Jesus was surrounded by the Pharisees and the sinners. And the Pharisees looked at this and they said, they were the religious people of the time, like the pastors of the time. And they looked at it and said, how can he be the Christ, if he's hanging around all of these people. But that's the Jesus we serve. He comes close to you and he says, I want to journey with you. I want to know you. And then when you come to Christ, you know, the Bible says we've, we've lied. Anyone lied here before? I'm a good liar. Um, you know, like he's a preacher. Of course he lies. No, 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 no. Is the, the truth of the gospel surpasses anything that anyone can say. That's the authority we learn. But then you look at, have you ever committed adultery? And somebody like, no, never. But uh, Jesus comes along. He's like, okay, have you ever lusted after someone in your heart? You've committed adultery in your heart. You see what he takes is he looks into your heart rather than just the external of trying to impress people by what's on the outside. And he says, what's happening inside your heart today? He says, have you ever committed murder? I hope, I don't know. All of you guys, I hope none of you have. Um, South Africans, I know some of you might have. <laughs> but here's the thing about murder. is Jesus came and said, if you've ever hated someone in your heart, you've committed murder in your heart. Jesus just comes, why is he doing that? Uh, here's another one. Have you ever coveted your neighbor's ox? <laughs> oh no. But have you ever coveted your neighbor's Instagram feed? Have you ever been scrolling uh, let me ask a question. Have you ever been so happy with life and then started scrolling? And what happened? Your happiness and joy left. Why? Because you started coveting for something you didn't have or someone you didn't have. You see, the beauty of God is he comes and he says, I want to forgive you of all your sins, past, present, and future as a free gift that comes into your account so that you can walk in freedom and you might be sitting there saying Dylan but surely there's something I have to do don't you remember what I said God made you alive who does the work God what do you need to do have faith in his finished work on the cross because when Jesus was on the cross he cried out it is finished he didn't say it's to be continued. He said it was finished. So when Jesus died on the cross, which is a historical fact, even if you don't believe that Jesus was the son of God, you must believe that basic history teaches that there was a guy called Jesus who died about 2,000 years ago on a cross. The question you've got to ask yourself is, was he the son of God? As C.S. Lewis said, he was either liar, lunatic, or Lord. He did not leave an option for another way. So you've got to wrestle with these claims. And my challenge to you is, is life, is it not worth giving yourself a few weeks to explore the question of God's true existence in order to come to a faith in Christ? Because as you'll hear, I know with Caleb and Mel, their journeys, are, they came for a few weeks, months. Mel was quite stubborn. <laughs> I, I, I remember Mel like in Kenya, I was like, well, you, you're like basically a Christian, yeah. And, and do you remember that? And it was just funny. But the thing is, it was exploring because like I said, it's a journey to faith and a journey of faith. 
And in the cross, he makes you a new creation where he satisfies everything you could not be satisfied from in life and by your own efforts. Because here's what religion teaches, and I'll end with this. As religion teaches, and I have friends who are Hindus, Sikhs, Muslims, uh, atheists, and you're like, Dylan, that's not a religion, it is, and then uh, agnostics, and you have all these religions, and you know why? Because everything's based on faith, whether you like it or not. If you don't think you have faith, let me ask a question, do you believe you have money? Okay? You're like, I do have money. No, you don't. You have some digits on a screen that you believe mean something. You have faith. You have faith that that chair is going to hold you up. <laughs> or some of you are lacking faith right now. <laughs> you know what? Faith is the thing that by which we can see. And it's not a blind faith. It's not stepping into something just blindly. There is evidence for what I'm talking about today. You'll meet some of the most intelligent people I know in this world today are here in this church that are Christians. It's not kissing your brains goodbye. It's actually allowing your brains to think through life. I was in London this week, walking through the streets of London, and I always am inspired in London. Anyone like going into London for like a day and then leaving? Who knows what I'm talking about? It's a... This is inspiring, but I want to get out of here. You know, by the end of the day, I'm like, there are too many people in the city. But also, one minute you see like this business guy in a suit, next minute you see some crazy person. Who knows what I'm saying? But it's not crazy because it's London and everyone's like, wear what you want. <laughs> Whatever goes, goes. And I'm like, this is a crazy city. But I do love London. But I was in there and I was looking at people's faces. I thought, people are broken. People are crying out for meaning in life. And my question to you is where is the cry of your heart? Because there's one man in the Bible who cried out for meaning. And you know what he said? He said these words, and I love this. He said, meaninglessness, meaninglessness, utter meaninglessness. Everything is meaninglessness. Anyone had a day like that before? I won't lie, I had a day this week where I was like, it's just meaningless. Anyone had those moments? I, I call it a Solomon day. Solomon was the guy that wrote this. It's just everything. And then he says this, what do people gain from all their labors at which they toil under the sun? What do you gain from waking up at eight o'clock tomorrow morning to be at work on time, to earn a salary where inflation's eating into it and you can hardly afford to live? Anyone? What do you gain? Generations come, generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. And it says all streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never filled. Anyone ever wondered that? <laughs> to the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are tiresome, more than one can say. And this, I love this verse. The eye never has enough of seeing nor the ear it's full of hearing. Do you watch people trying to find more music to listen to and you're just not satisfied in that song that brought you so much joy a few weeks ago suddenly doesn't give you the same fix you need? We are dying, dying for meaning today. This was like written thousands of years ago and it says this, is there anything of which one can say, look, this, there is, this is something new. It was here already long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations and even those yet to come will not be remembered by those who follow them. At some point, you will be forgotten. <laughs> Think about it. All your significance, all your likes on Instagram, nobody will care at some point. 
Hope you feel better about yourself. As you know, this church is all about encouragement, people. All about encouragement. The, the good news is coming, don't worry. I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaninglessness, a chasing after the wind. A chasing after the wind. Have you ever chased the wind? Sorry, is this just like a South African thing where I didn't have toys? I was like running around trying to catch the wind. <laughs> is that, <laughs> yeah. But a chasing after the wind. I remember as a kid, I used to chase the shadows. And you could never catch, you know, you catch it, but you never get into the substance. It's kind of like if an airplane flies over your head, you can run it in the shadow of the plane, but you're never going to go to Hawaii by chasing the shadow. At some point, you've got to get in the plane. You might chase the shadow of religion, but until you get into the substance of relationship with Christ, you will never go further into meaning and purposeness. Everything will be meaningless. Amen. And it's a chasing after the wind. And my prayer for you today is that you'd come to know him and you'd start a journey of exploring what is faith really about. Amen. So, I could... I have the baptism guys up. And girls, come on. Where's, do you have the mic? What, I, what I've asked these guys to do, let's get that one, is, um, is to share their stories with you. And this always wrecks me because you know where I talked about the reality is a lot of you, you know, you've come here today to be here for these guys. And you know their lives. You know their stories. And it's easy to argue about semantics and wording and all of that stuff. But when you have someone's life being changed, it's very difficult to argue with that change and authenticity of their lives. And so I'm encouraging them just to share their heart. And, um, and then what we'll do is we'll probably sing a song whilst they get ready. And then we'll go out and we'll do the baptism and it's going to be a great celebration. Amen. So Caleb, this we've got two Caleb's getting baptized. Are you, are you happy to start? Come on. You got it, bro. Let's give him a round. Mm.